0: Welcome to episode number 476 of the show. I'm Carlos, and in this week's show, we've got a story that really struck gold. A murky delay, flying hand soap, and Wilbur! Sorry, what has been written in there. We've had an absolute deluge of entries, including the rain in the UK today. For a caption this, and in the military we've got fundraising news for a popular Vulcan, as well as some updates from our very own grey expert, Armando. And joining me across the flooded fields of East Anglia this week is our course, our well, the guy who Pushed through the floods to get home this evening. <laughs> it's Matt Smith.
1: I don't know how, like, so Carlos, Carlos and I left about half an hour apart from each other, and we both had, we had I think, safe to say, very different journeys home.
0: <laughs> yes, we did. We did, yeah. We definitely had different journeys home, but... I did hear a second ago, according to the wife, that it has slowed down a bit outside of Oh, the thank rain. goodness
1: for that. <laughs> what what an <laughs> utter relief, frankly.
0: We're going to need at least a week to, to get rid of the deluge that has come down today here Indeed. in the UK. Indeed. But uh, anyway, welcome, Matt. Good to see you on, as always.
1: Hello, hello. I want to find out what it's doing in Buckinghamshire, weather-wise, to be
0: honest. I know, and on that note... Let's hand things over to our resident
2: fan of all things seat one a and BA. It is, of course, Neville Bones. Well, I'm pleased to say that the rain has uh, eased off somewhat now, uh, which is good because it was throwing it down later on. Um, been a very busy week uh, for me. Uh, lots of things going on at our office in Brighton. Had a big event yesterday for some customers, which was marvellous, but um, tiring, it has to be said. And uh, so I'm ha- pleased to have a slightly quite a day today, Uh, but uh, no no flying this week, Uh, but um, lots of driving instead, but um, there we go, that was all for this week Oh, no rants from you this week, Ned Uh, No, uh, not yet, I'm not flying until the 29th Uh. of uh, October Uh. to Grand Canaria, and uh, going from Gatwick, not my Oh, Gatwick? (laughs) So there'll be opportunity for comment and criticism as you can imagine Oh, I
0: can't Blimey. wait! Lovely. I'm looking forward to that.
1: Like I say, for no other reason because it means that I I will have the opportunity, no doubt, to uh, uh. to uh, to play this again.
0: Oh yes, we're going to have to play that oh, scene again, aren't we?
1: We appear to be having
0: some... even that's having an issue as well. He we seems to be having anyway, some
1: technical problems in the studio at the moment. This could be a worry not. for the rest of the show.
0: So Armando unfortunately can't be with us uh, this week. But he has, as we said, sent us in some military stuff for later on the show. But hopefully, fingers crossed, under will be back with us uh, next week. But joining us, uh, as always, uh, in the, uh, well, the virtual studio, as we like to say, is, of course, uh, well, it's a guy who uh, has been finding some rather interesting
3: stories this week, it's safe to say. It's uh, Nick Codling. Evening. Good to be back. And, uh, yeah, it's us uh, hope we, we're we all um, trying to get over the trench foot now. And, uh, Yeah. ...drying out nicely and glad that we're all back in the studio nice and safely. I know. Heating's back on. We switched our heating back on this week. Huh? Crikey. Blimey. I know. It's terrible, isn't it?
0: Unlike, uh, obviously, producer John, because uh, I, I doubt whether he's got his heating on...
1: Uh, uh, no, he I doubt that somehow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the air conditioning is still on uh, the same. Yeah, that's God, all fun, isn't it, eh? uh- <laughs> So let's see who has
0: joined us in the live, live YouTube chat room this evening. Start at the top of the list and neville Bounce is in there obviously first off uh we've got uh, m- local listener mazoos is in there hello to you uh we've got lee davies is in there as well good to see you uh we've got just scrolling through the list richard adams good to see you in there richard alan white hello alan uh, bill's in there as well good to see you bill Sturman, hello Sturman. uh richard is also in there good to see you richard uh let me scroll down masha hello to you masha lovely to see you there hope it's dry where you are uh bill is there uh let me scroll down make sure jonathan warner's in there good to see you in there mr warner and uh, don't forget mr warner send us in some great pictures in as well the lovely jenny in rome is in the chat room as well lovely to see you in there jenny and she's saying it's still rather warm where she is in rome Oh, honestly, rub it in. Uh, Cat Ridiculous Wits is also in there this week. Good to see you in there. Mark Priestley, hello to you, Mark. He's uh, mentioning the Tui incident that happened at Leeds today. We've got more on that later. Uh, Hobby Time uh, as well. Good to see you in there. And thanks to everyone who's joined us this evening. Don't forget, if you're listening to us, On our audio podcast, we are live on YouTube every Friday night at 7 o'clock, all being well, as long as we're not flooded out. Uh, If you find (laughs) us on YouTube, don't forget to hit that subscribe icon and the bell icon, which is right next to it, but to be notified when we are recording live episodes as we are right now. So we'd love to have you in the chat room, wouldn't we, guys? Yes, Carlos, we would. Thanks for that. So... Don't, we've got loads to get through on the show this week. Loads of stuff to get through. Plus, we have also got the results of our competition to win the Sally B mug, uh, which we posted on our Facebook page, the competition, and also in last week's show. So, we've got the results of that as well. We've also got a new quiz, a new book to win this week as well, and uh, loads more great stuff. So, we've got loads of commercial news to get through. So, if all the team is ready, we certainly are. Let's go
2: like please take your seats and fasten your seatbelts
0: So, kicking off the commercial news stories this week from the street.com. And nightmare infestation overtakes plane and delays flight for hours. We've all heard of snakes on a plane. Well, this is slightly different than that. So, over the last few weeks, there have been several incidents that have caused some to think of the 2006 film Snakes on a Plane. Thriller, but with other animals. Um, the start of October, a Vietjet from Bangkok to Taipei Uh, descended into chaos after passengers went to the bathroom and came across a rodent with red eyes. Blimey, had some of the toilet water. Uh, Flight attendants searched the plane, found a box with, uh, with otters, a marmoset, and 28 star tortoises that then got out and started calling through the plane. Uh, a flight between two Mexican cities on October the 6th experienced a different type of swarm, and a cloud of mosquitoes got into the cabin and started buzzing through it as passengers sat waiting for the flight to depart. This week, a flight, uh, well, the plane, plane was full of mosquitoes. A journalist Juan Manuel Jimenez wrote in a Spanish on the social media platform X, formerly known as Twitter. Well, it's Twitter, blimey. Silly name, X, honestly. Uh, The airline's response was it's a situation beyond the control of the airline due to the amount of stagnant water in the surrounding uh, areas. The mosquito population is large, they said. Flight VO 1221 was scheduled to leave from a... Pronouncing your name. Called, it begins with G anyway, to Mexico City at 429 local with the low cost airline Valaris. But according to flight tracking information, it departed and arrived more than two hours later than scheduled. Separate video of the flight shot by passenger Elizabeth Esmeralda Menardez Corona, blimey, that's a name, shows a flight attendant moving through the cabin while spraying some sort of bug repellent. With abandoned, as all other travelers clap and yell, bravo. Others are heard screaming as the flight attendant moves closer. Known formally as Concessionaria Vuela Combania de Aviación, Volaris is a budget airline running flights between Mexico or within Mexico, as well as the country and some U.S. destinations. Uh, Guadalajara was the word you were looking for. Thank was you there, Nev. I'm at, I try to I think, I'm sure it was Oman that we flew back from, where the. Where the no, was it Mali? It might have been Mali, the Maldives, where the crew went through the cabin spraying um, like, a spray, you know, like a misty sort of spray in the yeah. air. And John says it's mandatory on some flights, but um, yeah, I remember that. But have uh, you ever had any
2: um, annoying bugs on a flight? Uh, no, but I have been on a few uh, flights where there is a mandatory spray. Uh, I forget where it was. I think Egypt, coming back from Egypt, uh, I seem to recall, um, and one other. Part of
3: the i think if you fly way. back from malaga they do it so that everybody can top up their fake tan
1: there you go oh my <laughs> <laughs> well there you go yeah
0: i mean what what's next what we're we going to see on the plane next i mean we've had everything some emotional support animals
3: mosquitoes in all seriousness the video is a bit horrific if you've seen it there's basically a big swarm and people are trying to Swap the, I mean, mosquitoes it, is probably it looks pretty, pretty nasty, bad. actually. I'm glad I wasn't on that plane. Yeah, mm. not not the greatest thing to be having
0: mosquitoes. Anyway, moving on, next story. Uh, Nev, you
2: have got this one, and... Uh, yeah, this is quite interesting. It's on the chaviation.com uh, uh, and it says the Curia of Hungary, the country's Supreme Court, has upheld an early decision of the Budapest Municipal Government Office, according to which Ryanair must pay a uh, 545,000 US dollar fine due to an alleged violation of customer protection laws, the oh. municipality said in a statement uh, on October the 15th. An official consumer protection procedure Yeah. Uh, The Budapest Municipal Government Office launched in April 2020, found that the low-cost carrier had failed to provide and inform passengers about the delay of a flight from Budapest to Gran Canaria on February 18th of the same year, committing an unfair commercial practice. The Government uh, Office underlines in its short statement that its task as a consumer protection authority is to protect passengers who have been treated unfairly by an airline. Ryanair did not immediately respond to a request for, uh, for comment from CH Aviation. Uh, Ryanair has also been facing a separate consumer protection fine in Hungary for uh, 300 million um, uh, f- uh, forint, which is, which is their currency, uh, uh, or which is uh, equivalent to 818,000 US dollars, related to a departure tax the national government imposed last year. However, in early June 2023, A ruling by the Metropolitan Court of Budapest annulled this fine, confirming that the airline could lawfully pass the tax on to customers in line with European Union regulations. A judgment Ryanair welcomed. Well, they would. Some pretty hefty Uh, fines. So there you go. Don't don't mess with the Hungarian authorities. Well,
1: quite absolutely, they're not afraid to. uh, They're not afraid to protect their interests. uh, Play
2: play by the rules. Um, That's the other thing. So uh, yes um but um talking of grand canary i'm going there on my holidays on the 29th uh, i can highly
1: recommend it i went to mass palomas
2: mrs nev has been there but i've not been to grand canary before so i'm uh, really looking forward to that it'll be warm
1: nev you will need it's 28 degrees
2: celsius temperature
1: which is good you you will need you will need an awful lot in your case Nev. you'll need an awful lot of sunscreen that would be my advice yeah (laughs) Yeah. what are you trying to
0: say matt but never susceptible to, uh, no, to... No, no,
3: I just... I bet said, it yeah. won't be as hot as the air show we were at. <laughs> no, <that's, laughs> true. Yes, yeah. that's true. Yes. Oh, blimey, yeah, that was hot. Yeah, yeah
1: that was I a bet.
0: scorcher. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Now, Matt, you've got the, uh, the next story, but uh, it's not good news.
1: Oh, is it not? Oh, dear. So it's the Financial Times is where we're going. The FT.com is the website. And the headline is Rolls-Royce to cut up to 2,500 jobs in a bid to streamline the group. Uh, Rolls-Royce will cut up to 2,500 jobs as part of a global restructuring by its new chief executive to streamline its operation and boost returns. Uh, the F. Uh, the, the FTSE 100 in company whose engines power large civil avi- uh, civil aircraft as well as submarines and military jets said that the revamp would lead to uh, inc- uh to between uh, 2,000 and 2,500 roles being lost from its work force of 42,000 uh, a cut of almost 6%. The plan will create a new procurement organisation in a bid to leverage the engineering group's scale and reduce costs. Back office functions such as human resources and finance will be brought together. Rolls-Royce is also centralising its activities focusing on engineering technology and safety. As part of the overhaul, Vittadini, who is the Chief Technology Officer who joined from Airbus in November 2021, will leave the group in April. The restructuring has been widely expected after Ergen Bilic, who became Chief Executive in January, promised to tackle years of underperformance at the company, which has been through multiple restructurings under successive leaders over the past decade. About half of Rolls-Royce's workforce is in the UK. The group employs 10,800 in Germany and 5,400 in the US. Urgin uh, Bilic has moved quickly to make its mark on the 117-year-old company, which it described as a burning platform in an address to staff in January. Uh, he has also been highly critical of the way in which Rolls-Royce powers systems business, uh, which makes diesel and gas engines For ships and trains uh, has been run. He told the Financial Times in May that this business had been grossly mismanaged with costs not kept under control. The oil industry veteran has shaken up Rolls-Royce's senior management, including the heads of its civil aerospace and defence businesses, cut spending on non-core projects and regenerating, uh, sorry, no, my apologies, renegotiating some of its sales and maintenance contracts with customers. Sales have staged a significant recovery since the start of the year after a rebound in international air travel. as well as early results from the Transformation Programme. I mean, I guess it was kind of inevitable that somebody was going to come in and sort of like gut it, especially post-Covid. But, I mean, I don't know. Were things really that bad, do we think? Yeah, I'm just looking at how their kind
0: of shares have gone and stuff in the last uh, six months. weren't too bad six months ago. But in the last month, things have started to drop down quite a lot with um, with Rolls-Royce. So there's obviously something not quite good there at the moment. Well, as in, you know, shares go up and down, but uh, theirs have gone down, uh, you know, quite a lot over the last six months. If you have yeah. shares in Rolls-Royce, you know, but um, it's a shame when you've got two and a half thousand, st- you know, staff and stuff like that who mm. are, a lot of these guys and girls are all very qualified, you know, engineers, I expect.
1: There's a lot and, uh, of people in the UK, though, as they're saying predominantly. Um, I wonder... What was the engine they had the, the issue with, Nev? Um, was it
0: Rolls
2: Royce or was it. Um... Oh. Uh, well, they had some uh, Trent issues. The Trent? Know, yeah. I forget which exact model it was. Um, but the thing is that um, qualified engineers, you know, graduate type people and what have you, um, you know, Rolls-Royce obviously offers a, a fantastic program for these sorts of people. Uh, but it's important to hang on to them as well. Uh, so uh, clearly something's gone wrong with the financial side of things because uh, he says that uh, in May that the business had been grossly mismanaged and not kept costs under control. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't mm-hmm. go into any more detail about that. So uh, whatever that means. But unfortunately, you do need people to do things. And all this will result in, I would imagine, is... They'll be doing the same job, but with fewer people. So those yeah. people will be working more, harder. I guess. Mm.
0: Well, let's yeah. hope they can all find
1: jobs. Do you do you think some of it is though because obviously the only reason the spotlight, if you like, is on it, is because of the um, like because of like post-COVID and you know there was a a very long period of time where people weren't buying planes, therefore they weren't buying engines and all that kind of thing is that do you think part of the reason why significant restructuring is having to take place maybe Uh, and you know you don't know what packages
2: were offered to people for redundancy and and this sort of thing in in the past so maybe that's had an effect on it i don't know Mm. but you're right i mean you know when there was a a a general downturn in output of of everything industrial Mm. really um this was you know a big a big part of it so it's um yeah quite significant definitely agreed Mm.
0: So moving on to the next story, and uh, we have a big airline here. This is from Airline, or airlive.net, and uh, Emirates A380 EK19 surrounded by emergency services upon landing at Manchester following a bomb threat. Uh, so following a bomb threat on an A380 that is that was held up on the runway at landing at Manchester, uh, flight EK19 set off. Uh, from Dubai Airport at 2.30 local time on Tuesday this week and arrived at Manchester Airport shortly after 7pm. As the plane landed, it was greeted by Greater Manchester Police and the fire service on the runway... Police confirmed the reason why the Emirates plane was sworn by emergency services after landing at, at Manchester Airport and the Greater Manchester Police confirmed they were made aware of an email claiming a suspicious package was on board the flight. A spokesperson from the Greater Manchester Police said at around 7.20 on the evening of the Tuesday the 17th that the Greater Manchester Police were made aware of an email claiming there was a suspicious package on the flight. Uh, The aircraft landed at Manchester Airport was held for further assessment. Searches and security checks were completed and no suspicious items were found. Passengers disembarked the aircraft with extra officers on hand to answer questions and offer uh, visible reassurance. So, other from uh, other stories from airline dot uh, net, and this was obviously uh, several airports that were evacuated in France following bomb threats. These were uh, Bouvet Lille, uh, Lyon, Nice, Nantes, uh, Nante. Always pronounce that one wrong Nantes. Nantes, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Toulouse and Strasbourg. Uh, passengers travelling back home after France's 4 1 win over Scotland in Lille on Tuesday evening were evacuated from the airport at around 10 a.m. on Wednesday, the 18th. And a statement from Lille Airport said that the airport was being evacuated following a bomb threat. Uh, state security services uh, were on site. It's getting a bit, uh, bit of a sort of, you know, same old thing going on here, you know, phoning in and email. I mean, this is, this is sort of the things you were hearing back in the. Oh blimey! 80s and
2: oh, earlier or mid 80s. Well, yeah. The trouble is, you know, they, they've got to take it seriously, haven't they? That's the thing. Mm. Um, so, uh, and unfortunately, there's there's jokers and pranksters all around. But um, yeah, there, there's always in any country, in any situation, you're going to get this kind of thing somewhere. I think, uh, and it's a real a real pity because mm. the disruption it causes is absolutely massive.
0: Yeah, it's not good. And the knock-on effect as well, Nev. Yeah. Through the through the course of a day, okay. really. It's not funny. Not funny for us. Not funny for us passengers, especially if you're Nev. That's for sure. No. Oh,
2: well, indeed, yes. Yeah. <laughs> could you tell Missus <laughs> Stebbings to keep her voice down a bit as well? We can. We can hear her. So she's. Uh,
0: also. That's not my end. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, it's on the. It's on the uh, talkback. It's all right. Oh, it's a, it's the... only on the talkback, so we can um, ignore it. That's fine. It's. Fine. I, fine. I, I'm in. I'm in a
0: closed studio. I Don't pay. Yeah, yeah, now, am. Think... Yeah. Matt. The next story oh, you've got, and, have and I, I could think of some rather interesting places to to hide gold but this is
1: this is rather interesting okay right um oh hello it's all going wrong hang on one moment caller please hold uh there we go uh right okay so gold hidden in pasta making machine indigo passenger caught in uh, bang bangaloo is it bang oh, sorry i'm saying that wrong uh, sorry bengaluru all oh, right as it as it's written excellent okay <laughs> It's a shame, isn't it? Uh, I used to be good at this. Do you remember those days, guys? Yeah. Uh, the, uh, as I say, simpleflying.com is the source. Uh, the uh, story goes, gold is one of the most commonly seized items by customs officials at Indian airports. As risky as it is to smuggle the precious metal across international borders, passengers often devise newer ways to fool authorities. One such case was recently observed in Bengaluru. Uh, the airport when a passenger replaced some parts of a pasta-making machine with gold <laughs> rods. Uh, given that we're reporting the story, the plan clearly did not work for the traveller. Indigo Flight 6 Echo Four. 14- Echo 1486 is a daily scheduled service between Dubai International Airport. Dubai is featuring very highly today and uh, Bangalore uh, International Airport. The roughly three and a half hour flight lands early morning at around 3.30 in the morning with passengers arriving uh, at the newly opened Terminal 2. On October the 14th, officials uh, at said airport observed a passenger who disembarked from the same flight acting uh, surprise slightly suspiciously 41 year old male uh, was soon intercepted by authorities who found he had a history of travel to the Middle East but travel history alone means very little it was what the officials found in his bag that led to his arrest according to the Times of India the Air Intelligence Union unit the AIU of uh, Bangalore Airport went through the passengers belongings and a pasta making machine caught their attention when the device was scanned it was observed that someone had tampered with it oh hello me machine oh dear I've lost all the stories one moment ah. Okay. Who's tampering yeah, with it? I, I know. It's terrible, isn't it? Uh, when it was dismantled, uh, officials found that the cylindrical parts of the machine that churn out the pasta dough were replaced with solid gold rods. In all five rods, with a total weight of 598 grams, and valued at around a small 3.5 million. Now, what is that currents? Uh rubies? Uh, the... Rupees, rupees, rupees. I don't know. I'm rubbish at this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> look, if I had my way, like I wouldn't. Do... <laughs> anyway, uh, forty-two thousand dollars is the number that we want. To... Yeah, every pound. pounds, everything would be colonial. Absolutely. It was a few yeah. quid. No. A few quid <laughs> indeed. Forty-two thousand dollars were recovered. Essentially, uh, it's uh, now. I think there are some pictures on this. Let me just have a look and see um, where where they. R, because I'm pretty sure I downloaded... What story number is this? Remind me, someone. Uh, we're on story 5, so hopefully in here... Here we go, look. Uh, uh, we'll go to... This This is the route, obviously, that was being taken, and these are the items that were found inside. There you go. I mean, it's a very soft metal, so it was very you know, brave. You'd have been,
0: you'd have been better off disguising them as, as sort of Sharpie pens,
1: but just very posh Sharpie pens. Right. Okay. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. I don't think you have a. I, I would be I, rubbish at smuggling. You would. I don't think honest. you have a career in smuggling ahead of you, Carlos. I think unless it, it was uh,
0: aircraft parts. If I was, I was pin- pinching bits of the aircraft, it wouldn't be so bad. Yeah.
1: Right, okay. I mean, don't start doing that, obviously. Yeah, yeah. As, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Next time I get on a plane, yeah. I'll be oh, yeah. here he ne- comes. Needless <laughs> to say, Carlos, uh, John is furious with you. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Do you, do you uh, know, actually, just on, on, on that note, I did notice that... Oh, no, uh, what that, have
0: you bought that, now? No, I haven't brought anything else. Whatever. It, it was a temptation, I saw oh. that I they were selling some rather nice tags from um, the Emirates A380 that they're currently cutting up at the oh, moment. Well. Um, and they're making, they're making them really nice. They're actually doing it in a presentation box and everything, and they're limiting the amount to 380, which is quite cool. Oh, I see what they did there. Um, yes, yeah, very good. And I, w- I did see them, on, and, and I, I thought, shall I, shall I get one? And no, not at the price they're going for. I'll give that a miss. <laughs> Oh, but anyway okay we yeah, have got a story about that where well, more understand. on that later more on that later <laughs> oh for goodness sake i know <laughs> i'll just have to i'll make do with 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 blades and windows that's fine anyway nev <laughs> <laughs> nev the next story is all for you
2: and this uh, abcnews.go.com uh, dot this one uh and it says good news for flyers who opt for the window seat uh, your boarding zone will soon be prioritized on United Airlines. According to an internal memo Ooh. from the Chicago-based carrier obtained by ABC News, starting on October the 26th, the airline will change its boarding process for economy class passengers that will speed up getting seated and situated by 2 minutes.
3: Ooh. two minutes
2: that (laughs) happened wilmer boarding which is a kind of acronym for window middle and aisle do you get it uh was (laughs) which was tested at four domestic line stations seats economy window passengers first followed by middle seats and aisle seats whilst this does not affect pre-boarding groups premium cabins and flyers with premier or alliance status before group three the revision ensures that window seats and exit rows are followed by middle in group four and aisle passengers in group five during the boarding process Multiple customers in a same economy reservation will receive the same and highest applicable boarding group, excluding basic economy customers in boarding group six, the memo stated. According to United, this change comes at a time when there's a need for more efficiency, with the airline stating that... Boarding times have increased by up to two minutes in 2019. I wonder why that is, everybody. Uh, The change also comes ahead of the busy holiday travel season that has previously been fraught with delays, in which a speeding boarding process can be extremely helpful in ensuring on time departures. What a load of old rubbish. (laughs) Honestly. I was so looking forward to hearing this. Lufthansa, I think, I don't know if they still board this this way uh but, but um I, and i've seen this happen before it makes no difference whatsoever people still dawdle around they put the bags in the wrong places how this can even begin to improve the situation i do not know and in, i mean certainly can you imagine ba trying this with all the there <laughs> oh we've got to check 30 bags in at the counter business i said i wasn't gonna have a rant today but i i feel that i I need to now because of what I've just read. Um, And all the things I've just read out, I mean, talk about complicating the situation. Why is it so difficult? Why can't people board normally and at a sensible speed? Now if you're um, disabled or or you need to do it slowly, absolutely get all that, no problem at all. But the mucking about that goes on on any aircraft I've ever been on, apart from an executive jet or a PA-28. Has um, just been comedy. It really has. So, uh, good luck everybody with United. See how you get on with that. And I'd be <laughs> interested to hear, perhaps from Brian Coleman, actually. Um, although, of course, he doesn't fly in those those groups we've mentioned. But zero, uh... oh, it's oh, it's too much. <laughs> Attention, this the from British flight four seven five. from Mr. Neville Miles. your seat one A is waiting for you.
1: There we go, and that concludes uh, this week's uh, this
3: week's uh, episode. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't <laughs> expecting to do that story. But, uh, sorry, sorry, Nev. <laughs> there we are. I thought you'd like that uh. one.
1: Yeah. For now, for now. So, uh, uh, John is saying that Myth- Mythbusters did a test on this. I think um, I saw that episode. Mm. Yeah. 222, episode 222 back in 2014, apparently. The Miss, Mythbusters episode, apparently, if you want to look it up. Uh. Um, well, it's made no difference, has it? I mean,
2: <laughs> how many years ago was that? I mean, it's, it's just mad, absolutely mad. And um, I think the problem is um, <laughs> that the, the, the final paragraph says it all for me, uh, where they say, in which a speedy boarding process can be extremely helpful in ensuring on-time departures. Yes, don't do it like that.
1: Indeed. <laughs> it doesn't say that. That was my... <laughs> and in a indeed. few
0: weeks' time, Nev will not be flying with United.
1: No, indeed. Yeah. And uh, John is saying apparently that... Uh, sorry, say that again, John. I missed that. No. The random seating is apparently the fastest way in order to get uh, boarding done. Random seating, basically. Cause, uh, well... Yeah. I, I shan't be doing any flying when that happens. Okay, right. I, I should have retired <laughs> from the flying business. <laughs> I've <I'm> retired. Okay. <laughs> well, there we go. That is uh, oh. good news, the news, uh, unexpected news from the hot seat of seat 1A. Yes. Uh, there we go. Okay. All right. And, <laughs> Matt, you
0: have got the next story uh, on the show this week. And I upset uh,
1: someone this week? <laughs> well, you don't have to. You can give it to <laughs> no, Nick. No, no, you can, no. you can pass all, the bat on to good, Nick if you want. Yeah it's all good it's all good okay uh, <laughs> uh, we'll take a look at um, the this one then independent traffic and travel then yes indeed <laughs> similar um, it's uh, I haven't got that bed to hand otherwise I'd throw that on <laughs> uh, independent.co.uk travel sponsor yeah uh, anyway yeah uh, <laughs> The UK's busiest airport terminals has been revealed by Nev's favourite journalist Simon Calder. That's exciting, Mm. isn't it? Uh, uh, Heathrow Terminal 5 handles more passengers than any other terminal in the UK, even when busy single-terminal airports are included. In September, an average of 100,000 passengers arrived or departed each day from Terminal 5, which is the main hub for British Airways. For the first time, the UK's busiest airport terminal are ranked in a single table by the number of passengers handled in September. The ranking is intended to prepare travellers for the next level of activity. They can expect the top seven terminals all belong to airports serving London. Uh, Passengers at the UK's busiest airport who agrees with Jean-Paul Sartre's mantra that hell is other people. Wow. (laughs) Wow. could choose London Heathrow's Terminal 4, which handles only a quarter of the traffic of Terminal 5. Heathrow is by far the largest airport in the UK, but T5 is the only one of its terminals that makes the top four. London Stansford Airport, which is the busiest single terminal airport in the UK, is just behind Heathrow Terminal 5 in second place. A spokesperson for Stansford said that the UK's busiest single terminal airport, uh, we work extremely hard with all our partners to deliver the best possible airport experience to the 27 million passengers who use us each year uh, so, that can, so that they can enjoy the choice, value and ease of use we offer. We also have plans to extend our terminal building to further enhance the airport user experience by creating a more spacious environment and accommodating the introduction of the latest security technology. The uh, base for most EasyJet flights the uh, numbers in uh, September were slightly reduced from the expected figures due to staff shortages in the Gatwick control tower. The two terminals in Heathrow's central area, T3 and T4 uh, (T2, sorry) are neck and neck for the fifth and sixth places. Luton Airport, which suffered a serious car park fire last week, takes seventh place. Edinburgh's Scotland, uh, sorry, Edinburgh, Scotland's busiest airport is eighth. Manchester Airport is the third busiest in the UK after Heathrow and Gatwick. Yet its busiest terminal, T1, makes only ninth place in the terminal. It is one of a cluster of terminals, including Manchester T2, Bristol, and Birmingham, which handled just over one million passengers in September. The remaining places are taken by Glasgow Heathrow Terminal Four, Manchester Terminal Three, and Belfast international. Rob Burgess who is the editor of the frequent flyer website headforpoints.com said Heathrow Terminal 4 is indeed a surreal experience a good re- and a good reason for considering Qatar Airways or Etihad over Emirates uh, which fly out of T3 for a long haul experience or even KLM or Air France with a connection the presence of high spending Middle Eastern passengers means that the shopping is also better than you would expect. Your best bet for a quiet life is london south end if you are traveling to one of the few places that is served from the airport you probably can't beat south end for space per square foot per passenger and it has its own railway station and direct services from london liverpool street figures for the passenger arrivals and departures in september 2023 are here in millions so we'll start at the bottom then Um, uh, Belfast International uh, had 0.55, Manchester Terminal 3 had 0.7 million, Heathrow Terminal 4 had 0.75, Glasgow 0.8 million, Birmingham 1.02, Bristol 1.03, Manchester T2 or Terminal 2 1.05 million, Manchester Terminal 1 1.08 million, Edinburgh 1.39 uh, million and that seems like quite a lot Nev, I know you've flown out of there quite a lot, uh, Edinburgh, I mean That that seems like quite a low number. I thought that would be a bit high. Yeah, funny, actually. It's Mm. quite busy, actually.
2: Every time I've been there recently, that's for sure. But uh, that's what they say.
1: Indeed, indeed. Uh, After uh, sort of further up the list, we go to Luton, um, apart from probably a couple of days last week where it was... (laughs) practically abandoned, uh, 1.51 million for that one, Heathrow Terminal 2, 1.63 million, Heathrow Terminal 3, 1.66 million, Gatwick South, 1.9 million, uh, the Gatwick North, 2.18 million, Stans to 2.62 and Terminal 5 at Heathrow, 3 million passengers. Not Those surprising. are big numbers, aren't they? They are definitely big numbers. I like how Stansted dipped in there above uh, Gatwick. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I'm not. I, I'm not that surprised actually. Because um, I think. Um, I think it's. Probably, I, I think it's a very, very busy. Uh, Stansted, I think, does quite well for the volume of people that go go but through But how big it, it is, yeah, the airport how is, it is. does very well. Um, I mean, yeah. if if an if an airport terminal needed some, you know, like you know, some expansion, I would absolutely say that oh, yeah. uh, Stansted is one that needs it, if only for the security area, because it's it is. Were uh, you
0: flying from yeah. Stansted before Nev? Uh, yes a done?
1: couple of times
2: yeah, uh, under duress uh, in, no doubt in the in the past just <laughs> before i saw the light um, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh i mean it is about 75 miles drive for me so that's a bit of a bit of a slog but um i must say this when i have been from there uh it's been quite efficient and really good actually yeah yeah
3: it'd be good for when you do your Ryanair flight. like
1: It'd be the only place to go if
3: you're going. Absolutely,
0: yeah. yeah. so. is asking in the uh, in the chat room. How does London Cardiff
1: fare? Oh, <laughs> as well as as well as London Norwich. Ah, London Norwich. Yes. yes. Well, you need people to get you need people to get it. I'll stop talking. Uh, (laughs) Anyway,
0: moving on. I I alluded to this story uh, earlier on, but this is is great. Honestly, if you get the chance to look at the website, you need to go and take a look because they are very special indeed. This is from Forbes.com, and you can own your very own piece of Emirates Airlines first, very first. A380 with the holiday season coming it's soon be christmas time uh, what better way to gift your favorite avgeek but with a piece of their favorite A380 the aluminium tag was made from the Great Plane, all boxed up and authenticated. And the aircraft skin tag is made from the recycled materials of a special plane indeed. It's Alpha 6 Echo Delta Alpha, the very first A380 delivered to Emirates back in 2008. Blimey, that's a few years ago. Uh, you could use the tag with, your, with the name of your favourite A380 destination airport to mark your own luggage, uh, but most will sit on the shelves or the desks to admire, which they do, very much so. Uh, there's a certain mystique about the 380, the largest passenger airline ever built. The A380 is the only passenger airline with the double deck, obviously, and its maximum capacity uh, can hold up to... Blimey, this has always freaked me out. 853 passengers. Most airlines operate it with seating for only around about 500, but it still requires special airport bridges and a crew of 21. The aircraft has four Rolls Royce engines generating 70,000 pounds of thrust each, helping to get its million pounds of takeoff weight, or 560 tons, off the ground. Uh, that fuel comes in handy on long flights like Dresden, Germany, to Sydney, Australia, a matter of 8,600 nautical miles. So, The A6 Echo Delta Alpha pioneered the Process Emirates A380 of its completion of 6,319 flights. It visited 62 destinations, carried over 2.1 million passengers and flew a total of 55,865 flight hours, more than six and a half years in the air. When the plane was retired back in April 2020, it was recycled by Falcon Aircraft Recycling at Al Maktoum International Airport in Dubai. The scrapping process was completed back in 2021. While significant parts were cannibalised for other aircraft, most metals, plastics uh, were recycled. Part of the aircraft skin was cut away and laser etched with the name of one of its 62- Destinations. On sale on the Aviation Tag website for 59.95 euros or $64.40, the metal tags are available in 62 different versions, one for each of the world's airports that the Air Alpha 6 Echo Delta Alpha flew to. Each tag lists the date of the plane's first landing at that airport and the number of times it flew there. So a tag for San Paulo indicates its first landing there back in September 2017, and that aircraft made four GRU landings. All the tags say Emirates First A three hundred and eighty on them, and each tag comes in a box with a certificate of authenticity issued by Emirates. So, if you're thinking of getting your loved one a special gift for Christmas, looking to see whether Gemma's listening or not, can't see. Of course, she's not listening. She's not that bored. Alarming. I shall get, I shall get uh, John, producer John, to cut this piece of the show into an audio bite so I can oh, send it to right. him. Anyway, <laughs> you can get yourself one of these glorious tags. <laughs> <laughs> but these are great. I saw these um, when they first um, done the promo for these online. And I would, wouldn't be surprised at all whether these sell out reasonably fast, I think. Especially for the fact they're in a presentation case and everything. And, and you can choose. Uh, a destination tag of your choice as well which is quite um quite interesting.
4: Hmm.
0: What do you think Nick would you have one?
1: Um
3: I mean yeah I'm always up for a yeah bit of a um so i mean it's a little bit of memorabilia it's always fun to have isn't it see so,
1: carlos you 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 think that like the the 59 euros 95 is a bit much is that why you're you're saying i mean what that for
0: the tag that's not too bad matt the the problem is and you know where i'm going to go with this
1: Uh-oh. is when it's shipped to the uk right okay but i mean that's not that's not the the people who've. That's that, that that's not their fault. If you see what. Oh, I no, mean. no,
0: that's not the ta- No, that's just. Yeah. the b-word and all that other stuff, you know. Oh. oh I see. Right.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'm not, right. Um, but, uh, but no. It, but no. It, I mean,
0: for for something, I suppose, of that heritage, I think you know, if you did fancy treating yourself, this it's not bad to have that have that hanging on the wall.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I must admit, uh, certainly. And let me let me pop the picture up again because I think it's a really lovely.
3: It does look lovely, lovely doesn't it? I,
1: and I love the little presentation box and, and everything. And you know, I I I, I'm not a big fan of aviation and and all that kind of thing. But for me, this one, I mean, I'd love I'd love to have one which had Dubai on it, for example. Obviously, because you know I know people who live there, and you know, I, would it have? Uh, apparently dubai Dubai is not one of them oh that's a bit rubbish well i suppose because that's where it's originated from isn't it i guess so it'd be nice to have one with Stansted on it then i guess it would be good i'm just reading in a chat room
0: and this one didn't go to
1: Stansted. (laughs) don't
0: you dare have a go at me there's someone (laughs) in the chat room called richard who apparently has got around 70 tags in his collection so
1: far. love that Uh, we need a picture of that please richard (laughs) We need a picture of that, please. I want to see them all beautifully laid out so that, that we can admire. That makes them. that makes my eight. No, tags no, 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 no. no, Absolutely not. Because the problem is, is you're not collecting just tags, Carlos. You're collecting air, aircraft. <laughs> That's what you're doing. You're building one slowly over many years. That's what you're doing.
0: (laughs) I'm just, I'm just waiting for that day when we go live and Nev turn, or Nev, we look at Nev's uh, video and he's got this huge section of, um, you know, a BA
1: triple seven or something. I don't think that'll happen because he's not stupid. Oh, he would. (laughs) Oh, I don't. He
0: might, (laughs) he might say he wouldn't, but secretly he would. Would not you, Nev? Go on,
1: admit it. (laughs) It's possible. It is possible. (laughs) Really? Oh, you're, well, then, there we go. I, I had you down as far too sensible for that sort of thing. Uh, but no, Talking I,
0: yeah. I was gonna say, talking of sensible, yeah. moving on. Oh,
1: dear. Nev, would you this like is to take be a, this last story? This is last be a very story. difficult
2: story and has the potential for oh, no. uh, comedy and muttly, wheezing noises. Oh, dear. We'll, we'll see how we get on. It's on the metro.co.uk and uh, it says the headline is EasyJet flight to Gatwick cancelled after passenger pooed on the toilet floor. What? Imagine waiting for a flight home which is already delayed, but the <laughs> I knew it's gonna be difficult. But it ends up being cancelled because someone defecated on the toilet floor. This is exactly what happened to furious passengers who were left stranded in Tenerife on their Sunday night EasyJet flight back to London Gatwick. Flight EZY8054 was scheduled to depart at 8.05 and arrive in London at uh, 20 past midnight. Video footage shows toilet paper littered across the flight's walkway as the pilot, because there's only one pilot as we know, uh, on uh, on the plane, uh, explained why the flight had been cancelled. He said, rather entertaining to defecate the front toilet, so now we're staying the night here, we're now going to get everybody off and organise hotels and then we'll fly back tomorrow morning. But EasyJet admitted it was unable to find hotel rooms in the area, forcing customers to sort out their own last-minute accommodation for the flight. A passenger who did not wish to be named told female customers that they were moved to a smaller plane before the cancellation and were offered £500 if they wanted to leave. They said no one took it, so they had to remove 10 people from the aircraft, which caused lots of arguing, and that literally took two hours. But the announcement that the flight was cancelled was made by the pilot, but then once they got those 10 people off, the plane was heavy because we were at full capacity. So then they were randomly putting our luggage on other people's flights to Gatwick, and that took hours again. Something's not quite right about this story, I don't think. Mm. Uh, However, back to the main uh, meat of the situation, as it were. Um, Oh dear. (laughs) (laughs) In reference to the toilet situation, the passenger said the whole incident was handled really poorly, because it could have genuinely been an accident. Uh, we had loads of issues without flights, so come on, someone could have literally just accidentally uh, themselves. Yes. In a statement on EasyJet's website, the airline said, due to extremely high demand, unfortunately we're able to find, unable to find hotel rooms in the area. If you need a hotel room and are able to make your own arrangements, we'll refund the cost of a reasonably priced room, meals and travel costs to and from your hotel. Uh, In this case, we ask you to look for accommodation which is about three stars or equivalent. After revealing the new flight details, EasyJet added, Once again, we're very sorry for the disruption to your travel plans. But passengers said that they were left on the flight with zero communication before it was cancelled. A spokesman for EasyJet said, EasyJet confirm, can confirm that flight EZY8054 from Tenerife to London Gatwick on Sunday evening was delayed due to the aircraft requiring additional cleaning. Mm. We did all possible to minimize the impact of the dis- disruption for our customers providing hotel accommodation and meals and the flight departed yesterday afternoon. Uh, the safety and well-being of our customers and crew is EasyJet's <laughs> excuse me highest priority. <laughs> And whilst this was outside of our, our control, we would like to apologise to customers for the inconvenience caused. Um, well, there's a lot of inconsistencies in this story. For a start, there, there isn't is. There? And also, now I, I do concede that having this situation happen on the toilet floor mm. is suboptimal. No, no two ways about that. Mm. But it doesn't go into any detail as to how bad it was i mean it might have just been a single item perhaps which could have been dealt with quickly or was it more you know substantial substantial yeah
1: i mean but, but i don't know as you say i i guess i i feel like we're missing large chunks of useful information here because I it's like not not a, it, it, it's i mean i, I I, I ran a pub for, for many years I mean uh, that wouldn't phase me and if it was if it was just because they were want- waiting for someone to volunteer to clear it up then it would just be like uh, I don't know I I'm surprised that this incident was enough for the plane to be grounded overnight does that make sense yeah they're saying I mean John saying it could because they had cleaners available but but a, do you really need a cleaner i mean can somebody not do it oh uh, okay biohazards and things i'm being told in my ear okay all right fair enough but i don't know it's just like it's like well i've had meals on aircraft that are biohazards well quite yes
2: there so we go so, so, <clears throat> um, but, yeah. so yes um you know not ideal of course but mm. um there are definitely some gaps in that story agreed like, I think, indeed somewhere. significant yeah. gaps somewhere so, along
1: the line i think there we are that, uh, there we go. Never mind. Well, well done, Nev. You got through it. Uh, <laughs> despite everyone's best efforts to, to trip you up by the sound of it. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to go on to our next story now, because I think... It, we, yeah, it. it's... Yeah, OK. I will try and... Uh, oh, OK. I'm being told that I've got to go to the notes. Uh, I'm trying to go to the bottom here. I don't know. Um... It's. Uh, I tell you what. As I say, I, I, it's only a few paragraphs. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go through it fairly quickly. I'm. I'm sure. I'll. 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 Spe- Not me. I'll speed read. I'll speed read. Speed read. Here we go. Here we go. It's, uh, it's. It's what she said. Indeed. Okay. So uh, Amazon pledges parcels in an hour. Using drone deliveries, the online retail giant said that the service would start in one location which is yet to be revealed at the end of 2024. The company already offers drone deliveries in two US states for goods weighing no more than five pounds or 2.2 kilograms. The aviation regulator has Uh, has said exploring how drones could be safely used in more of the UK's uh, airspace was key. Amazon said that it was working closely with the Civil Aviation Authority to meet regulations while the government said uh, the move would help understand how best to use the technology safely and securely. Uh, The first area in the UK for deliveries by air will be named in the coming months. The uh, company currently has drone postage in California and Texas, and is also looking to launch the so-called ultra-fast deliveries in a third US state and in Italy as well uh, customers who want the option of a drone delivery uh, need to be approved the drone requires plenty of clear space to drop a parcel around about 12 feet on the ground uh, but in the UK Amazon plans to use markerless delivery and enable the drones to pinpoint uh, drop points using GPS America has some of the toughest aviation regulations in the world at the launch site the launch The flight path of every delivery is monitored on a screen and there is a pair of human eyes watching from a cherry picker too. What? Okay. Uh, This flying robot has onboard sensors to avoid any obstacles in its path and sounds like a lawnmower when it's hovering above the ground. Uh, As it looks to take off in the UK, uh, (laughs) Amazon... (laughs) see what they did there uh, amazon has unveiled a new smaller and quieter mk30 drone which uh can work in light rain and wind and fly as far as 12 kilometers to make a delivery however a decade on since amazon's founder jeff bezos first announced drone deliveries progress has not been quick uh, amazon has not revealed how many customers are opting to get their orders by air currently claiming only that thousands of deliveries had been made from its two sites uh it's, uh, it's a fascinating story. I say a lot to unpack there as someone... Mazus uh, makes a very nice comment. Go on, yes, and what's that?
0: Uh, he says, clay pigeon shooting is about to become much more popular.
2: <laughs> well, this is another situation yes. of a, uh, a problem, sorry, a solution uh, looking for a problem. Basically, oh, quite, isn't yes. it? <laughs> I, I don't even begin to understand the purpose oh. of this whatsoever. Can you imagine uh, cats and dogs and other things being seriously put off and distracted by these things buzzing around over their heads and dropping parcels? I mean, I, I obviously will stand corrected if this turns out to be the most successful thing ever, but I can't even begin to understand the purpose of it. Uh, yeah,
3: in, I'm with you on that one. It Nev. seems
2: to work perfectly okay uh, with uh, the Amazon van, the, the transit van that turns up. On <laughs> that, every, that drives up to your house. Every, yes, <laughs> every day or so,
3: works the, a uh, The example in the story was a gentleman that was buying some hand soap. As
1: you um, do.
3: Which apparently he needed in quite a hurry, um, so he must have had some sort of hand soap emergency. Um, the, the interesting point in the story was that in that particular case in the usa the drone must at all times remain within sight of a human
1: you think well why doesn't the human just drive the van and take it to them
3: <laughs> or or the perhaps the customer might like to go to the shop at the end of his road and buy his hand soap uh,
1: now, yes I, I understand where you're coming from with that one uh, nick but I, i'm afraid uh, i am i am that person who now no longer <laughs> goes
3: to shops <laughs> another um, classic don't get me wrong form. i think it's really cool and i think it's a really cool thing and mm. i i really like the technology and the innovation but yeah, yeah i think no, as nev good. says is this a, is this a oh. solution to a question that nobody's asked
2: a uh, good uh, good comment from mazuz in the chat room uh, he says that this fella looking for uh, assuming it was a fella looking for the uh, soap when emergency uh, was the easy jet
1: cleaner <laughs> <laughs> quite <laughs> see what see what he did there uh, <laughs> Very good. That was uh, very
2: naughty of you, Mazuz. But it was very funny. Yes, well. indeed. It,
1: yes. loved it. loved it. Yes. Here we go then.
0: Well, uh, good evening to Paul, uh, who's joined us in the chat room as well. Hello to you. He's just uh, joined us, local listener.
1: Hmm. Oh. Oh yes. Uh, While well, we're on the subject of of the chat room, uh, Richard has very kindly sent us some pictures of Ooh. the uh, of the collection uh here we go so this is some of the collection this is i was one of five pictures i have to be honest uh oh my goodness me loving this look oh i like that yeah 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 got little all the tags and stuff around the outside i love i really like that that's a nice touch isn't it where you've got the tags all the way around the outside and then little models on on the little glass shelves in bc he said trying to describe it to those who who are listening via um the audio the audio version of the show um that is one impressive collection isn't it I think so. Anyway, i loving Gorgeous. That. that is an utterly. Awesome oh, I'm
0: clip. loving. I'm loving the orange tag there at the back of that um, Ugh, shelf. l
1: 1011. Oh yes. my god. That, uh, that man's
0: got that man's got some taste. And if you go and the two tags to the right, yes. there's another
1: fantastic tag there. What 75? Yes. A <laughs> yeah, plane that tried to kill me. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Mm, indeed. There we go. And. Uh, Indeed, yes. Oh, look at that! Uh, yeah, uh, indeed. Oh, you, you've yeah. got to
0: have some grey stuff, I suppose, on the on the top <laughs> shelf. There, he's got
1: he's got the A10 on there, and so has oh, got a lot. Just very nice. Mm-hmm. A fabulous Very collection nice. of tags, absolutely. I, I presume Richard's going to try and add an, an Emirates one into the mix oh, there, Oh, Nev! Yeah. If you look on that shelf, Nev, at that yeah. BA, it's the
0: one... Do you remember when BA done those tile arts? You know, oh, the, oh the, yes. Um, yes. Not, not as yeah.
2: popular with everybody, including the former Prime Minister, Margaret Thatcher, who uh, was not happy with that at all. <laughs> uh, um, I must say, I wasn't one of my favourite things that BA ever did but um, no what a, what a
0: superb collection really very nice. very good very good indeed thank you for sending those in
3: mm.
0: now what's up next guys
1: uh, so i think what we're going to do we were sent in um a, a little promo to send uh, i don't know a lot about yes. it it's 55 well, oh should i tell you please about... yes that would be fabulous it's not fifty-five minutes. Don't worry. It's fifty-five 50 seconds. Minutes. Sorry, uh, but, I'm having a um, problem with exaggerating everything I say at the moment. Uh, aren't yes, I? yes, there's been a lot of that this <laughs> afternoon. Um, now uh, fun you fun all know fun.
2: our chums uh, Brian Coleman and, and Micah, um, and they do, uh, or Brian does his own uh, podcast these days as, as well. Um, they've got a meet-up planned actually in the US. Uh, in Tampa, I think, and uh, I was talking to Brian and Micah this week, uh, and they said, would we mind promoting it on our podcast? And I said, absolutely, we can. And uh, Matt's going to play it out now.
4: Hello, Matt, Carlos, Nev, Armando, Nick, and John. This is your Uncle Micah. Yeah, you probably know me from the Airplane Geeks, but I'm speaking to you now with our good friend, Pasadena Brian Coleman, from the Journey is Reward podcast. And we're having a meetup.
1: We are meeting in Largo, Florida, Sunday, November 12th at 4 p.m. at your pizza shop. And that's at 1208th
4: Avenue in Largo, Florida. And Largo is a suburb of Tampa, Florida. So I know you guys over in the U.K. and all around Asia and Europe and wherever probably aren't going to make it, but you're invited. But anybody in the U.S. in the Florida area, come by and join us and let's have a meetup. Let's have some pizza and let's talk airplanes.
1: Oh, and don't forget the beer. They have a really good beer selection there as well. Would we go any place that didn't have it? Good point. So come on out for the meet-up. We'd love to see you all. So if
2: you're in that neck of the woods, um, go and see the fellas and uh, have some pizza and beer. Sounds tremendous. Mm, Always oh, good to have a little meet-up.
0: Uh, yeah. Now it's the time of the show where it's all about the caption. This, the picture we pop up Ooh. on our Facebook page... On a Wednesday for you to leave your comments on it 's safe to say this week definitely sparked some comments the, <laughs> the The Facebook went mental when I put this picture up on there, and it was actually a military uh, kind of style picture on the uh, on the caption this week and uh, Matt i don 't know if you could pop that up on the screen for the for those watching in the youtube world and uh, this week 's picture is that of a well it 's a jaguar. Uh, military jet, Jaguar military jet, which is what would you say, Nev? It's having a uh,
2: inverted. It was the word I would use. <laughs> yes, it's it's kind
0: of basking in the in the sun.
2: Mm, that's a word. Uh, yeah. Yes. But so we yeah, had loads. A very very popular um, competition this week. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, caption this week wasn't it? Yes.
0: Uh, kicking off this week, uh,
2: we had Leanne said, and now for my party trick. Uh, Ray Davis says, after a hard day's flying, it's time to take a break and then lay back and put my feet up. Uh, Rob,
0: uh, for a good friend Rob Mark says, uh, time for a belly rub.
4: Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: like James that. says, I seem to have forgotten which side is supposed to be up. Is this right? <laughs> uh, Matt, do you want this one? You, uh, you yeah, like this one, Matt.
1: Yeah, Stephen Amos is saying, uh, that'll buff right out. That's a classic. It's yeah. a classic. I think, I think we can apply that to virtually every caption this we've ever done. Yeah. yeah. Nev?
2: Uh, James, uh, another one from James. A landing is a landing. I walked away, didn't I? <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. Nick, yeah. do
3: you want this one? Uh, yeah, next one's from Matthew Frame. Uh, I got thrown around uh, as an airplane I now associate as a dog. <laughs> Could you please rub my tummy? I've an itch.
1: Lovely. Aww. That's what um, we like to hear. Mark uh,
0: says, oh, "This is I like this one, especially for uh, Grant and Steve, uh,
1: Australian pilot doing the Down Under. As you do. Uh, Bill is saying David Attenborough's voiceover, I guess that disproves the theory that a big cat, like a jaguar, always lands on its feet.
3: That was very good, Matt.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. I've been working on it all day. <laughs> <laughs> Nev,
2: what's our good friend Steve and I be saying? Uh, Stephen says, uh, "One when one more turns into ten more." <laughs> oh! <laughs> By the way, that's an impression, uh, Matt. Uh, I thought it sounded more like Alan Wicker. Actually. All
1: right, okay. <laughs> Everyone's a critic, aren't they? Honestly. <laughs> While you're there, Matt, you can take uh, you can take our good friend yes. the Nick's one. Mr. Anderson saying, uh, "Roll left, roll left. Terrain, terrain. Pull up, pull up. Too late, too late."
2: nev uh, michael says uh, it had happened all uh, sorry it had all happened so quickly but wing commander already knew that pulling the eject handle wasn't the answer oh blimey not not in that
1: situation <laughs> no Ooh, quite can, imagine give you, you a headache i think uh,
0: uh <laughs> another one for steve and grant playing crazy down under australians aviation show visiting again and forgetting to
1: adjust hemispheres. I see, right, okay. Uh, Richard King is saying the literal meaning of a gear-up landing. <laughs>
2: and uh, Ian Edwards says it's dead, Jim.
1: <laughs> That'll <Star laughs> be Star Trek then. Tracking. Yes, yes alright, calm down. Uh, some <laughs> guy called Nicholas Codling, never heard Who's of him. Uh, go home, Jaguar, you're drunk. <laughs> quite like that
2: go on uh, nev take take our vario uh, mr warner's and jonathan says during deployment to williamtown uh captain nick decided to make the visitors feel at home by placing their
1: jags the right way up quite absolutely uh john if you could go back to the previous um chat room one there cause, <laughs> and we'll whack we'll whack our way through those very quickly um or not uh i don't know no, okay, all right. Well, we'll just stick with that one then. Uh, Dirk S says, uh, "Damn, this wasn't a sim." <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. That is saying, a
0: quite a good one. I do
1: like that one. It is. Uh, he's saying uh, I was sensing a strong Down Under theme across the comments on that. Pick, he was saying. Uh, Mazzus is saying practicing for synchronized swimming. <laughs> it's always the way forward. Mark Priestley is saying, "Is it French?" Uh, uh, it is French. Being a cat, it likes its belly rub. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I think we all like that if we're honest. Uh, Captain Ridiculous Wits is saying, I said glass cockpit not grass cockpit. <laughs> oh, I like, uh, like
0: Mark's one here. Landing gear not required. It's to be used as a gate guard.
1: <laughs> well, saying, that's true. A good gate guard. That'll it's do a good the good job. Yeah. Needless to say the little... Uh, uh, Richard Richardy e., uh, Richardy e. flag is saying French Air Force used used to parking in Paris. You see, apparently that's no oh, blimey. That's, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you to
0: everyone who's contributed again this week to our caption. There's loads of people on there and on Facebook as well. We'll be popping another picture hopefully up next Wednesday on our socials. So keep your eyes on there and uh, bring us more of your witty comments indeed, yes indeed right so moving on with the next part of the show then which is of course the part uh which normally is introduced by our very own armando but he's not here but uh he's got some great stuff for us anyway so matt for armando hit the button
4: Hey, team. As you guys can imagine, there's a lot going on in the Middle East right now. Um, We're not going to try to track any of those events real-time. Also, in an effort to stay politically neutral, we're just not going to cover any one particular side or not. Uh, Since this is an entertainment podcast, we'll just approach it from a military-aviation standpoint uh, and some updates there. But certainly not going to be any kind of real-time updates about the situation going on there. Um, I know just this week there were some significant... uh, deployments there were some F15s from RAF Lake and Heath right there in East Anglia that deployed alongside some F16s some A10s from Germany to a uh, forward position in the Eastern Mediterranean um, another big development this week was that the US Navy uh, has announced that the uh, they're going to have two carrier strike groups in the region With the USS Eisenhower joining the USS Ford, Uh, now each of those aircraft carriers can carry uh, 60 aircraft. I think the Eisenhower can actually carry up to 75 aircraft. So as you can imagine, that's a lot of air power that's going on into the into the region there. Um, We'll we'll keep an eye out on the situation. Obviously, it's uh, rapidly evolving. Again, we're not going to try to cover it real time, but. You know, for the sake of entertainment, we'll at least try to um, just cover some of the military aviation aspects from all sides. Um, But either way, Carlos has his first story coming up, and uh, I'll join you here in a little bit.
0: Yes, the first uh, story from warbirdsnews.com. And this story, I saw this pop up on X, or Twitter, what it's supposed to be called, uh, this week. and It it sparked quite a lot of, um, well, how should I put this? Harsh words between various people on on there, but uh, a fundraising campa- uh, campaign has been launched on the 16th anniversary of Vulcan XH558's triumphant return to flight. I know Mr. Warner's in the chat, so it'll be interesting to hear his thoughts on this uh, fundraising campaign uh, to launch, uh, as I said, on the 16th anniversary of this. Thousands of people have become a part of the history. Of XH558, the last airworthy Avro Vulcan, by having their names added beneath her delta wing to mark the 16th anniversary of XH558 returning to flight. Vulcan to the skies offering support as a chance to have the name uh, added to the iconic aircraft under the Bombay doors. Aviation enthusiasts can celebrate the uh, second display career that, and have your name placed under the doors and the Vulcan to the Sky has been working closely with the current owners of the airport where it's currently based and partners on a plan that will hopefully see XH558 remain in Doncaster. Uh, they're keen to provide uh, improved access to uh, the aircraft for their supporters and Mark Walters chief executive of vtst said Uh, We know how much it means to supporters to have their names on uh, the aircraft and become a part of history. Thousands of people have already shown their support and had their name or that of a loved one placed under the wings of this iconic aircraft. October also holds great significance for Vulcan XH558. Because on October the 18th, 2007, she took her first position restoration or post, sorry, post restoration flight. And on October the 28th, 2015, she performed her last flight, making this the final ever flight of an Avril Vulcan. To mark the significant moments in the, her career, they are offering supporters the opportunity to have their name on the aircraft uh, to give them a permanent connection to this remarkable and historically important aircraft. They said we know that our supporters want to see the aircraft and people love to visit and see their names on the aircraft as well. Uh, They also said that we know that we are working closely with the airport's owners to plan and hope that we will see XH558 remain in Doncaster with increased access for their supporters via a series of open days next year in 2024. Given the current uncertainty around the future ownership of the site, they are conscious that any agreement may be temporary, but will remain hopeful that an agreement that is suitable for both parties can be Agreed. Now, we've been lucky in the, in the years we've been doing this show, we were able to, on a few occasions, go to uh, Duxville, I think, was one of the ones. Riat was another one that uh, I saw her there, and I think we saw her as well. I think she was at Farnborough one year. Mm. Um, but, you know, it, it's a hell of an aircraft to see flying, that's for sure. And it was a sad day when they obviously took her uh, out of her flying you know, career as such. But uh, I know there was a lot of people who were upset by, um, you know, the amount of money that was ploughed into this initially. And uh, she's obviously, from what I did here, uh, she was, um, you know, seen to be looking a bit of a sorry state at one point a few years back. But it'd be good to see this aircraft flying again. But whether it will or not, I, I, I don't uh, think it probably will. But... Um, Uh, Mark Priestley said uh, in the chat room, he says, this aircraft kept us safe all these years, and many aircrew risked their lives on many sorties. We owe them our support. I think we owe the aircraft our support, definitely, definitely that is. It would be great to see this aircraft fly again, and and, uh, as we said, it would be good if it could stay where it is currently over there at Doncaster. But, uh, Mm. yeah, a shame that. But um, fingers crossed. You know, it will look as good as it does in that picture. That picture looks awesome there, uh, mm. taken by John Dibbs of the aircraft. Very nice indeed. Uh, don't forget as well, if you want to see one of these aircraft up close and personal, and you are in the Norwich area, we've got one here in, mm. uh, in our lovely city of Norwich at the Aviation Museum, which you can actually go on board and uh, go on so, on the flight deck, which is quite good. Indeed. So, next up, next story is from our uh, very own Armando, and this is all about uh, the homegrown KF 21.
4: Hey, this uh, next military story is kind of an interesting one. It's a homegrown fighter jet from Korea. The KF 21 uh, makes a public debut at the Seoul Defense Exhibition. Now, South Korea's homegrown fighter. Um, did debut this last Monday ahead of an international defense exhibition that was uh, took place in, at the Seoul Air Base this entire week. Now, the KF-21, we've talked about it on the show, it was developed by Korea Aerospace Industries, or KAI. Now, they staged an aerial demonstration at uh, the Seoul Air Base in Songam, uh, just south of Seoul, uh, during a press event for the Seoul International Aerospace and Defense Exhibition 2023. Which opened this last Tuesday for a six-day event. Now there was also some advanced U.S. military aircraft, including the F-22, some uh, carrier-based electronic warfare aircraft like the EA-18, EA-18 Growler. Those were all on display at the bases, uh, at the military base now, during the exhibition. There was also a U.S. Uh, B-52 that was uh, took place in two flyovers as part of a larger sort of cross-section of U.S. military aircraft providing some static displays, some flyovers, aerial demonstrations, according to the U.S. forces in Korea. Now, this year's event uh, has been the largest one since 1996. It's supposed to involve over 550 companies from 35 different countries, according to the organizers of the event. And, of course, South Korean companies plan to showcase their latest weapons systems and technologies in order to boost some uh, defense exports following this uh, big export deal that they just... uh, publicized with uh, Poland. Now, last year, South Korea's arms exports hit a record high of uh, 17.9 billion US dollars. That's according to uh, Morgan Stanley. As it signed those major contracts with Poland, Uh, to provide some tanks some uh, self-propelled howitzers and of course the fa-50 light attack aircraft um, and some multiple rocket launcher vehicles now the korean south korean defense ministry has unveiled this goal to carve out at least a five percent share in the global arms export market by 2027, and they're aiming to become the world's uh, fourth largest defense exporter. Um, So this is a pretty significant, again, you know, I think uh, Matt said it a a couple months ago now, where there seems to be a a pretty big monopoly as far as military equipment goes between some of our uh, Western countries. So getting somebody else in there that's uh, producing some you know, uh, aircraft as well as some other weapon systems, ground and, and potentially even space-based weapon systems, uh, is important for competition and, if nothing else, uh, advancements in innovation. Thank you,
0: Armando, for that. And uh, there's some rather interesting figures in there. I like that one that says twenty-two point nine trillion, trillion. I mean, it's number, not millions. It's a big it's
1: number, not a, isn't it? It's not even a billion. It's a trillion. Yeah. It's a very silly number, isn't it? God, oh, blimey. It almost seems unbelievable, doesn't it? It's, uh, I know.
0: These countries have got some serious money to spend on things. Mm. One. Yeah, but that's still... John says it's only a, a trillion won, but that is... It's
1: still a big number. Yeah.
0: Still big numbers. Still Definitely. big numbers. Uh, Armando's got the next story, and uh, this one is uh, coming to us uh, all about the US Coast Guard and their new HC-27J.
4: This next military story should be of particular interest to Matt because when Matt and I took the 206 up to West Point, Virginia, that's uh, just north of Norfolk there in Virginia, um, we actually saw a C-27 Spartan that was actually just kind of sitting on the ramp. What it was doing there, we have no idea. But this uh, story is about the U.S. Coast Guard expanding the capabilities of what they're calling the HC-27J, they're calling it a medium range surveillance aircraft um, and there's this new development called the minotaur mission system architecture that's developed by the u.s navy now the u.s coast guard began op- uh, operating this aircraft last month and testing this uh, missionized configuration of this hc-27j uh, aircraft the prototype is a former u.s air force aircraft and it took off from naval air station patuxent river in Maryland, that was on September sixth of uh, twenty twenty-three, for its first functional test flight, tailored to kind of exercise the program's uh, safety of flight and safety of test systems, prior to fully proceeding into the flight phase, which is it's now going into. Now, the U.S. Coast Guard worked with Naval Air Systems Command's uh, Naval Air Warfare Center Aircraft Division, um, and a commercial op- uh, provider, Leonardo to enhance its fixed-wing surveillance aircraft fleet with improved capabilities to gather, process, transmit information during some maritime patrol um, and, of course, aircraft joint operations, which is uh, kind of the buzzword for all the Department of Defense and the Department of Homeland Security. Now, the U.S. Coast Guard is missionizing 14 of these C-27 Spartan aircraft that were originally transferred from the U.S. Air Force under the National Defense Authorization Act of 2014. Um, They were originally delivered after being regenerated from a preserved status at the Boneyard, uh, what we call the Boneyard at Davis-Monthan Air Force Base in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, These particular C-27s were outfitted with weather radars, communications equipment, capable of supporting transport, other Coast Guard missions. And as you guys probably know, the uh, Coast Guard, the U.S. Coast Guard, is already operating the CASA 235 and 295s, I believe now. Um, the C-27 is a very similar platform to that. It's just kind of made by a different manufacturer. But as far as the twin-engine turboprop high-wing concept with a ramp and door, uh, has a lot of the same capabilities as the CASA. So from a tactics, techniques, and procedures standpoint, really shouldn't be too much of a change for the U.S. Coast Guard. Um, and they should be able to employ these aircraft. Uh, fairly quickly with their new mission systems and to um into the uh, you know u s coast guard mission set
0: It takes um recycling to a whole new level, doesn't it when you can go to a, a a boneyard or say and to get these aircraft and repurpose them for the for this particular cause, which obviously is a great cause u s yeah. coast guard but it's all it's good when they can re, you know when they can do this and get these aircraft which potentially may have sat there. You know, for some time, or may even mm. sat, or may have sat there for many years, uh, but to use them and, and to get them to do missions like this with mm. the Coast Guard, I think is a really good idea. Rather than letting them all, you know, sit in a boneyard or potentially go and become tags on Richard's wall. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. John says, well, were these released in the nineties. I, I, I don't know on these the the C um, twenty seven Js, but. They're like they 're almost like for those of you you might not be you'll be watching the youtube feed but um, the c twenty set or the hc twenty seven j is almost like someone's taken a, a hercules you know c one thirty and kind of s- squished it down into a kind of a smaller baby brother kind of version but um very interesting indeed good story there armando uh, next up uh, from armando is a really interesting story and this comes i hope with some great pictures because the picture that we're seeing here in the show notes looks absolutely stunning and uh, this is all about a sea glider
4: now the guys are going to put up some pretty cool pictures of this this is from flight global a company called regent is landing its first military con- contract for its sea glider concept the u.s military as we've kind of mentioned over the last couple years when they uh, tried to embark on this uh, amphibious C-130 concept. They were talking about buying the Japanese um, amphibious aircraft. So they're exploring this potential of an experimental amphibian uh, wing-in-ground effect vehicle to improve some logistics in maritime environments. This is not a new concept at all. actually just after World War II and in the in early 1950s, a couple of different companies, a couple of different countries uh, tried to come up with this kind of wing and ground effect uh, concept. So it's not really anything new. It's probably just modern technology. But the, the U.S. Marine Corps is contracting with this company, uh, Regent, out of Rhode Island uh, here in the United States to demonstrate the company's, what they're calling the sea glider concept. Now that combines the elements of hydrofoil ships with wing and ground effect aircraft to move... Uh, rapidly over water at low altitude, really incredibly low altitude, just a couple of feet. Um, Regent announced that this uh, $4.75 million deal with the U.S. Marine Corps uh, w- went into effect on the 18th of October. Now, Regent is calling uh, this aircraft the Sea Glider. Um, uh, they're they're, they're going to operate it exclusively in the maritime domain. It's an all-electric aircraft or craft that will take off and land from water with a hull, Hydrofoils, before transitioning into ground effect, uh, flight just a few feet above the surface. Of course, at uh, such altitudes, or I don't know, technically it's kind of almost touching the water, but these aircraft can benefit from um, efficiency-improving phenomenon known as ground effect uh, that affects all aircraft uh, that we've talked about on the show. Um, but that is, you know, that little cushion of air that forms between an, an aircraft's wings and the surface. In the civilian world, a hybrid form of travel um, has kind of uh, raised some questions about how these vehicles are going to be uh, regulated, certificated by the FAA. Is it the FAA? It's not really flying. It's kind of just gliding along the water. Um, now, the company Regent is arguing that the sea glider concept offers lower maintenance requirements of a ship plus the speed of an aircraft, but without the lengthy pilot training and the air defense vulnerabilities of helicopters and conventional aircraft because it is basically stuck to the water. Now, the goal of the US Marine Corps demonstration program is to validate the aircraft's ability to operate in each of its uh, modes of operation, if you want to call it that, the hull, the foil, the wing-borne mode. Um, These trials are gonna uh, inform how they're going to certify these this aircraft the certification requirements and kind of offer the u.s department of defense an opportunity to evaluate the vehicle's potential military operations but you know with the um vast geography of the pacific ocean which is really where you know this is going to be designed to operate uh this uh something needs to be done where where uh, the aircraft don't currently have the range or you need to, you know, flood the air with a, a tanker bridge type type thing like that. So having an aircraft that is all electric that can operate um, just, you know, a couple of feet above the water is going to be a huge tactical advantage. The question is, how will the electrical part of this work <laughs> once you get there or are you going to recharge it? So we'll keep an eye on this one, but it's a pretty cool looking airplane and a airplane or maybe it's a boat. I don't know we'll try to figure out maybe maybe the chat room can vote i i
0: would say Aero boat
1: Aero, covers both bases
0: aeroboat aeroboat
1: mm, okay
0: fair enough if you it say covers so. both bases <laughs> if you say um, so um <laughs> i mean it, it looks it looks blinking cool i mean the first picture that matt had on on that story uh yeah the obviously the rendering one uh, looks really good um but obviously, that, um, that one, that last picture there on the story there, you know, it does look quite good. And it would be great, as, as Nick was saying earlier, a little, little kind of island hopper to go between, you know, places in the US and stuff. But uh, Richard Adams is saying in the uh, chat room, quite rightly so, uh, saltwater and electric motors.
1: <laughs> mm. I mean, I'm sure they've thought of that.
0: Uh, Dirk S. makes a fantastic comment in the chat room, Matt. Can you say that one? No point in asking me. Okay. It's, uh, Dirk says, Aero McBoat face. Oh, I
1: see. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'll give you
0: that. Oh, thanks for that, Dirk. Very good, very mm. good. But no, it's, it's a good, interesting concept. Um, whether it actually does happen and goes into full production and we see hundreds of these whisking away from island to island over in the US, I don't know. I don't
1: know. Fingers crossed, as they say. It's um...
0: Yeah, we covered a, a story similar to this back in episode 414, uh, if you want to uh, see more on that. But, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. But uh, we have uh, got some sort of, well, not breaking news. Well, I suppose it is breaking news. It's something that happened to Dana Nev. There was an interesting bit of flying went on today at one of our regional airports here in the UK, wasn't there?
2: More like rallycross, I, I would say. <laughs> um, just, I mean, the BBC reporting that uh, I think the, actually the airport's open now, but um, well, I'm not sure if it is that. But at the moment, it says that Leeds Bradford, uh, Leeds Bradford airport is closed after plane skids off runway in storm. A holiday jet skidded off a runway as it came to land amid wet and windy conditions as Storm Barbette swept the UK. The TUI flight from Corfu moved off the runway whilst landing, I love that expression, (laughs) at Leeds Bradford Airport uh, this afternoon. Uh, the airport said that all passengers have been safely taken off the plane, and the airport had closed, with travellers urged to check with their airlines before setting off. Uh, West Yorkshire Police, uh, sorry, West Yorkshire Fire and Rescue Service, said that there were no injuries or fires. Uh, the airport spokesman said, "We can confirm there have been, been, been no reported injuries from this incident, and that all passengers are now safely." disembarked the aircraft but the airport is now closed. We're working with the airline, relevant operations, teams and emergency authorities to resolve this situation and return services safely and as quickly as possible. We ask passengers to contact their airline to check the state of their flight before travelling to the airport. At the fire service says command unit has now been stood down, and the environment agency said flood alerts and warnings have been issued due to continued heavy rain brought on by storm Barbette. Um, and uh, yes, it looks like that 7 3 has gone through a bit of a, a tough mudder uh, session, <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, that's going to be a, a tricky one. It's, it's going to need a bit more of a pressure be... wash,
1: I think, isn't it? Yes,
2: yeah, um, but uh, no.
1: I've got not one I'd, I can lend them if it'll help. I've got a
0: nice little carter uh, one. I, I mean, me there's there. someone's going to have to do have to do some serious gardening, um, <laughs> yeah. on that airport.
1: Field. I mean, yeah. in I mean, we're we're making light of this, but of course, actually, um, you know, it's certainly in our part of the region. Uh, Carlos, I don't know if you agree, but I don't think I've ever seen in our living oh memory, my word, um, no, um, you know, sort of like flooding like it in this part of the world. Um, we, we've was, had some big floods, but not yeah. like today. Yeah, Mum was sort of, you know, sort of comparing it, because there is, there is great concern in this part of the world at the moment about uh, high tide, uh, which is due around about midnight uh, here in the UK. Oh, blimey. Um, and there are some severe concerns that it could be, like the, the flooding back in the 50s in places like Lowestoft. Oh, France.
0: 1953.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah so uh, yeah. we'll have to see, but... Um, yeah yeah scary stuff uh, indeed so i'm not to be honest with you with that in mind uh nev i am surprised actually this is the only one that's sort of raised its head for now really
2: well yes i mean and quite often you get uh fire crews on local standby Mm. uh in blustery conditions like like this but leeds bradford is a particularly difficult one because Mm. it's one it it is the highest altitude yes. airport in the uk and it's always windy and it's always blowing and you know just yeah just nice, so. no, that is true uh but no glad that everyone's okay uh but a bit of paperwork to fill out some paperwork mm. definitely
1: yeah absolutely yes <laughs>
0: and there was also another fume event on a ba flight as well uh yesterday 19 that was yesterday wasn't it not like that one on the EasyJet. then through... not quite <laughs> no it was um Actually, I think you're probably one of the ones you've been on, Nev. This was golf uniform. I have
2: never caused a fume
0: event. Oh, go-
1: go- <laughs> golf echo well, uniform, uniform house, Foxtrot. Because they have very rude.
0: It's yeah, like u- uniform Foxtrot, Nev. One of the 320s. Oh, three yes. Day. But, yeah, this, this is, this is quite, ser- well, quite a serious one. This was, as I said yesterday, that was flying from Newcastle to Heathrow when the flight crew donned their oxygen masks after noticing, are you ready? A foul odour in the cockpit. Okay. Uh, both the flight crews started to feel ill, made an emergency landing on Heathrow's runway 27 left. Both pilots are taken to medical facilities uh, for an assessment and subsequently taken to hospital. Blimey. Um, so that was yesterday. So, yeah, we've seen me get a few of these lately, do not we, these fume
2: events on board? I thought they were restricted to uh, 757s and 146s. Yeah. It's been the two aircraft that uh, had the most problems Mm. with that. Uh, But, um, Mm. yes, I should be keeping a keen eye out on that reg number to see uh, where it's going. Uniform Foxtrot. So, yes. I'll have a look. So it's that time
0: where we're going to give away something like we do every week on the show. We give away stuff. And uh,
2: Nev what are we giving away this week we are giving away a rather nice mug actually uh that uh, you've got uh there carlos haven't you um yes it well, i've got some pictures just bear with me a, a moment. moment we've certainly got some pictures of it yeah um but uh yes it is a very nice mug that we picked up at the duxford air show the other day look at that what a cracking job that is so the question was uh, well everybody knows the ducks are based uh, b-17 as sally b but what was the name that's painted on the other side of the aircraft's forward section <laughs> and of course the answer is <laughs> memphis bell we, <laughs> we, had, I suppose we, we have put... had a lot of uh, correct answers in for this one. Uh, so my uh, London um, Biggin Hill hat here Ta-da! is absolutely full of uh, the correct answers. Just make sure they all go in there. Uh, so I shall draw out the correct answer and, or one of the correct answers, and then we shall send the mug off to the person concerned. I shall have a good old rumble. While, while you're doing that,
0: Nev, uh, yeah. fun facts on the film at Memphis Bell. Uh, that was filmed at RAF Binbrook in Lincolnshire here in the UK. Uh, it was also filmed as well at the Imperial War Museum at Duxford and also at RAF Little Risington in Gloucestershire. Yeah. There we go. Good film, mate. I've seen that a few times now, Memphis mm. Belle. It's quite an old film, but very... It, uh, in its time, it was blinking well done, mm. I think. Have you, seen, have you seen the film, Matt, as a matter of interest? No. Okay. Honestly, Nick, what about you? Have you seen the Memphis Bell? No. Nev, please. Right, anyway, moving on to the next item. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. What am I surrounded by? No, John. John, have you have you seen it? No, he's tuned out. Oh dear. dear, dear. Anyway, Nev, who has
2: won the B seventeen mug this right. week? Right. I've pulled his name out the hat. It is Stephen Patterson. Well done Stephen, uh, Carlos will send you um, the prize in the post tomorrow, on Monday, whenever he gets around to it, and uh, I'll make sure that uh, we've got the address, and uh, we'll send it over to you. Well done
0: Stephen, well done, well done, let me know your address, I'll get that posted out. Yeah. Now, Nev, what are we going to be giving away this week?
2: Oh, it's a good question, and uh, I'll have to check my uh, my notes for that. That you've hopefully, Matt, I, I hopefully can, Matt's I, got the pictures. I, I can put
1: a picture up if that helps, Nev. Ooh, that's gonna. Here we go. Lot, actually, yeah, <laughs> look at that. Uh,
2: it's the uh, Dambuster, uh, The Life of Guy Gibson, uh, written by Susan ottaway and she actually wrote uh, or co-wrote the uh john hutchinson book as well ah. um, this is going to be a really i mean presumably you've read it carlos as well i have it's a very good very good indeed yes so there we go excellent now here's a i think this is quite a tricky question actually that the one <gasps> we pose, and it's so tricky i'm going to give them a, there's a multiple choice answer to this one so let's see how we get on um what is consider, generally considered to be the world's oldest commercial airline which was established in 1919? Is it KLM, Qantas, or Delta? What is generally considered to be the world's oldest commercial airline oh, which blimey. was established in 1919? Was it KLM, Qantas, or Delta? answers to our um email address please podcast at PlainTalkingUK talking uk.com and we shall read out the winners next week we'll pick them out of the hat as always but uh, i think that's quite a tricky one i i i know the answer but i didn't know the answer before i uh set the question and looked it up so uh, there we go yeah, I, i've got an idea i've got a guess but i'm not going to
1: say we're not allowed to take part in it. no i know I know. I may mean, be a bit pointless because Carlos actually has it in his house. So yeah, I've got the point. book here. For those yeah. of you, there we
0: go. Look, it <laughs> does It does exist. The book is here. It's a very, very good book indeed. And it's got some really, uh, let me just, for the benefit of the cameras, I don't know if you can see this on here. It's got some really, really great illustrations and stuff inside from the time with Guy Gibson and also from the raid itself. I don't know if you can see. There we go. For those of you in the world of YouTube land, you will see some great pictures there as well in the book. So get your answers in, as Nev said. Yeah. I'll pop the uh, details and stuff on our socials as well. For those of you who may be listening to the audio podcast, uh, you can get yourselves over onto our Facebook page and find out more info on
3: there.
0: So there we go. It's as easy as that. Matt, you need some serious, blooming education. I need to get these films onto a pen drive for you so you can uh, do some watching
3: Films. you're all right thanks we need to do our PTUK film night
1: yeah okay uh, perhaps you could just send me a link to a legitimate site where i can uh, oh digital I... downloads always digital downloads right, do you,
0: okay. have you never seen that when you buy a dvd i know that's old school for you buy Matt, a DVD. buying a dvd
1: oh so quaint love that <laughs> love that <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I still
0: got I've still got I've still got a DVD player. Yeah. Well actually is it's a Blu-ray player is technically. It, is it is
1: it on one of the streaming platforms? Cuz I got yes, quite a few. Yes it is. Of them. I think it is actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll have a look.
4: I'll have, have a look. I actually have you a weekend where I'm season. doing
1: very very little so I shall do my very best to oh, maybe because like we mainly because we're underwater and we can't go anywhere but it's Oh my word, like, I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All we need is more blinking rain tomorrow, honestly. Oh lovely.
1: Anyway. But let's have
0: a <laughs> Let's have a quick wrap-up, then, what everyone is up to
3: this week. We'll start off with... Nick. Um Well, I think that having been doing the editing of the show notes now for seven or eight months, I think... I'm going to make it my um, promise to everybody that we're not going to have any stories relating to bodily functions. Oh, next
2: week. thank you very much. I'm eternally grateful. Or at that. least, if we are, I'm not going to read them out. Right.
1: <laughs> yes. No, that wasn't
3: at all deliberate. No, <laughs> we'll get we'll get John to read them out
0: next time. Yeah, yeah. That'll make for entertainment. And...
1: We'll it. will enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. We'll enjoy it. Um...
0: And uh, Matt, what are ye up to next week? Apart from coming to visit me for dinner?
1: I'm swimming mostly, I think. Uh, just swim. swimming from A to B, I think that's what that is. Just keep uh, swimming. Just keep swimming. What? Oh, right. Send. Hey! Hey! I've forgotten somebody else's got control of the studio. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to hide. Go away. Yeah. Uh, send Matt's oh. viewing list for the weekend to plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. There well you done. Go, you and uh, swine, John. Yeah, so that's Mr. What Bounds, see, what are you what, up to? What have you done oh, there? What? <laughs> what, uh, hold on. I'll stop. That's hold like, on. <laughs> um, it's
2: like children playing with
1: you, Jack. It's all right. <laughs> it's back under control again. John, go and get your
0: whiskey and, and yeah. sit down.
1: Anyway. To be fair, it's nearly one o'clock in the morning for him, to Mr. be
0: fair, so. Bounds, uh, Mr Bounds, hmm. Mr Bounds, what
2: are ye up to next week? Well, uh, looking at my calendar, I've got the flu jab on uh, Monday. Oh, that's, so that's lovely. Always an exciting that's item. next so week written off. Do, so that, that's, <laughs> that's Monday. Uh, actually, what I'm doing next week, I'm holding the fort because somebody in my company has managed to allow almost everybody to have next week off because oh. it's off term. <laughs> and so uh, the old... I nearly said a bad word. The old oh. chaps, myself <laughs> and my colleague John, uh, yes. are holding the fort, whilst everybody goes on a week's holiday. Lovely. Um, so it's, we're going to be extremely busy, I think, answering emails and putting out fires and, and what have you. Um, but uh, <laughs> I don't mind too much because uh, the following Sunday, so Sunday week, I should be going to Grand Canaria, as I said, with Mrs. Uh, oh, Nev. Oh, and, uh, Love that that very much mm. indeed. So it's going to be hectic next week. I can feel it already. <laughs>
0: feel it I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure the company will be better
2: for it, Nev, having oh, you at I'm the sure. helm. Well, I don't know about that. I I mean, you'll have to ask them, but... (laughs) Yeah. Ah. I, I do my best. I do my best. Indeed. Fire...
1: And next, <laughs> firefighting since like 1974 or whatever. Yes. As yes. Nev does best. <laughs> exactly.
0: And um, I shall be entertaining Matt for dinner at one point next week, I should imagine.
2: Oh, As okay. I do. And uh, enjoying. I just interrupt. I'm so sorry. I've forgotten to say that uh, on Tuesday evening, Ooh. Mrs. Nev and I are going to see James Martin, Ooh. the chef, Ooh. at the new theatre in Oxford. Very jealous uh, about that. And and uh, he's a very entertaining fellow. We've, we've seen him once before. But we we are going to go and eat before we go to his gig because obviously he does live cooking on mm. stage. And the trouble is, if you haven't eaten before you get there, the, no. the smell coming off the stage yes, is phenomenal. Torture, um, so uh, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, but it just occurred to me that was a, a very important very thing. Exciting.
1: I look forward to photos yeah. of that next week, please, Nev, you, if you that's get, allowed.
2: Do you get to have now while you're there, Nev? Bit of I'll have to ask him and if if not, I'll I'll just bring my own bottle. Okay, bring a bowl. I like that. I like that.
0: Yeah, amen. So we're gonna say a big thanks to everyone who's joined us in the YouTube chat room this evening. Thank you to all the usual family members for joining us and helping us in the chat room as they do each week. It's great to see you all in there. Don't forget to search for us on the social medias, Plain Talking UK. Uh, you can also look at us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, just search for plain talking UK. That WhatsApp num, what's what's up? WhatsApp number is plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. Send us your pictures if you want to be have your picture on the green screen like Jonathan Warner does here. Uh, Send them to that number or you can email the show. We'd love to hear your feedback. It's podcast at playing talking UK dot com. And don't forget our glorious website, which is all the W's dot playing talking UK dot com where you can find links to Our shop where you can get yourself a glorious PTUK T-shirt and also one of our fantastic PTUK mugs as well as the military grey mug as well. If you've not got yourself one of those already, they are blinking awesome. Jonathan Warner will tell you that. Uh, You can also find links on there to Patreon and PayPal if you want to become a supporter of the show because it does genuinely help us to provide the content that we do each week on the show. So that's it for episode 476 of the show. We'll be back, hopefully all being well with the weather, next Friday at 7 o'clock here on YouTube. So have a great weekend, whatever you're up to. Stay dry. Stay safe, and we'll see you all next Friday. Say goodbye, everyone.
3: Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. everyone.